Um, Psalm um, 119, 59, 60. Um, Renee shared this with me this morning. I thought this was a good jumping off point for our, our conversation. It says, I considered my ways and I turned my feet to your testimonies. So I want you to underline that um, because that is the choice, right, that is before us. Right, that year? Yeah. So uh, Psalm 119, uh, 59 and 60. So I consider my ways. I want you to think about that. Um, you know, this weekend, hopefully you have some process like, you know, where are my feet set? You know, what is the thing that I'm aiming, aiming at? So some, some people's like, I'm aiming at a real specific thing and it ain't good. Or I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm just kind of walking all kind of paths, trying to do all kind of things. Um, but whatever, wherever situation we find ourselves in, right, where are our feet, you know, are pointed, he says, I consider my path, my way, okay, and I have turned my feet to your testimonies. Where is he? Where's God? Where's God? That's the way I want to go. I hastened and did not delay to keep your commandments. So what I want you to consider today is, okay, so I've got, I've got some thoughts, I've got some interests, I've got some encouragement, but we got to go down the mountain. It's really weird when you go down the mountain, right? When you get home and what was familiar isn't familiar for like a half a second, and then it is so familiar, right? You feel like a stranger in your life for maybe like a day, and then it all comes flooding back. You're like, oh man, I'm good at this. (laughs) All the same practices, all the same schedules, all the same experiences that that, uh, come into, you know, what I do um, on the day-to-day, why I have my habits, man, they're all there. It's like a good pair of jeans. So, but here's the scenario, all right? So the cage is open for some. You're wanting to walk out. All right, imagine you have a new job, all right? You've had an orientation, okay? And the boss kind of hands you like, all right, here's your work. (laughs) See you later. Uh, Is it that an enjoyable experience? For some, right, you're excited to kind of figure it out. For others, you have so many questions because you need like everything spelled out for you. Right, has anybody had that experience at a job? Right, yeah, or something? And so I think I anticipate that that is somewhat of the, uh, of the feeling that we have kind of going down the mountain, particularly when we have things that we want to do. Hey, I've been given orientation, I've been given some training, I've been given some things that I want to implement, but then like, oh wait, where is everybody? <laughs> I just have my own office and I'm supposed to do my own work. But so exactly that's not how the Christian life is. That's how we perceive it to be, but that's not how it is. Because God hasn't left you alone. He hasn't just given you a random assignment, right? That you have, there's other people that are trying to do this too. And you need to know who those people are. So um, we're going to finish off with a little passage, but um, I want you to... Uh, to conceive, we're going to recap the Ten Commandments real quick. I've written up some things that I think will be helpful for you. And I want you to kind of reframe before we kind of finish off with this little passage. As so I want you to think about the Ten Commandments is 
that I need a road, I need a path that I can drive down, okay? And I need to know where the ditches are. Does that make sense? Everybody, when you learn to drive, that's right. I need to know here, here's how to stay on the road, and I need to be able to figure out where the ditches are and how to stay out of the ditches. Yes? Okay. All right, so what I've attempted to do here, and I'll read them out, and you can take a picture of them later or what have you, and there's uh, three more on the back page. So I'm trying to give you kind of a good way to think about each one of these because um, we need to think about these, again, as a road to drive down, right? Not, not like a random directions, right, or a random recipe kind of thrown at me, and I'm trying to figure out how to cobble together the ingredients, so they're, they're to me taken as a whole, right? And I've got to then uh, figure out how to drive within the road, okay? So I've tried to put this as it maybe is most pertinent to you and where you are in your life right now. Um, there's some where we could quibble, like I can't, you know, put a perfect kind of sentence together, but we'll just go through these really quickly, okay? And it's, I'm trying to give you like a negative and a positive or some general statement that kind of encapsulates both of those things, right? So the, the ditches right in the road. So God's saying, no other gods but me. I need you, like this is the f- most important thing. You need to figure out who your other gods are and you need to get rid of them, okay? Because I'm only the one that's supposed to take that place. If I'm not in the driver's seat, okay, this isn't going to work. You're constantly grabbing the wheel or you've sidelined me, right? And I want to drive and you're not letting me. And so you need to figure out who's driving your car or who you're letting in the driver's seat periodically because it's not going to work otherwise, okay? No other gods before me. Follow me only. And I got to figure out the difference between those two, yes? Okay, there's some stuff where I can, that I can engage in and it's, and it's benign, right? It's, it's, it's not a big a deal. And there's other things where you're like, that's a big deal. Right, I got to figure out, got to figure out how to discern that, and God will help. All right, know the gods before me, follow me only. Number two, don't give false image of who I am. Right, that's the ditch, on one side, or on both sides. If you roll into either one of those, don't give a false image of who I am. I need you to learn to image me well. Okay, if you have my character, then people. You're the, I'm the God you serve, they're going to think well of me. So don't give a false image. So we need to, there's lots of things that I need to kind of have off limits, but there's also like, but also need to have a good, give a good image, right? It's not just obeying the bad, right? I need to learn to do the good. Don't give a false image who I am, give a correct image of me. Number three, don't misinterpret my name or misrepresent my name. On the other side, represent my name well. Learn what the things I do that bring shame or dishonor, right, that don't represent him well. You have, lots of, you have lots of examples of this in your life. You know, as a this person or in this role, it is not fitting for me to do this, okay? But also in this role, I'm not just avoiding everything, right? In this role, it is fitting for me to do this well. Okay, don't misrepresent my name, represent my name well. Number four, don't forget the rest. 
Okay? You forget it. Don't forget it. Remember it. God sets the boundaries on the time that you have to do certain things. He has that right. You have not given him that right. You need to give him that right to speak into that. Number six, honor life as far as it is with you. That's what you can control. God is about life. You need to be about life. There's a whole bunch of complication there, but that is right what you need. That's the road that you drive down. Number seven, intimacy in its different forms is for certain specific relationships only. You think that, you know, I decide, you know, when I want to be intimate in what way. He says, no. The road is, I've chosen where intimacy is best, uh, best flourishes, is best enjoyed, right? Doesn't mean that it can't be enjoyed in some capacity outside or people don't do it. He says, this is, this is the plan. This is the road. This is the road that will lead to life here in all of its many forms. All right, and then the last three. You need to honor others' property. You need to learn how to say, hey, what it matters, what is not mine. I remember I let a buddy borrow a book one time, and he gave it back to me, and I, I kid you not, it looked like it had been put in a toilet. Use the bathroom on in, in both of the numbers flushed and then repeat multiple times and he was like here you go and I was like are, are you kidding me like it, it's just like yeah no big deal <laughs> and I have just that that blows my mind um, but we do that so think of Rob's poop book <laughs> I didn't really ask him I just kind of threw it immediately in the trash uh, what, what was on it uh, maybe it was coffee over and over and over again. I'm not sure. We thought that's where books are stored in the coffee pot. Uh, number nine, honor truth regardless of how much it does not benefit you. We don't lie for no reason. Right? We don't, we don't uh, not share everything for no reason. Number 10, be content with what God blesses you with and be excited for others' good fortune. Be content with what God blesses you with and be excited for others' good fortune. All right, so that is where, that is the road. All right, so those are, that's how to keep it between the lines. And we do that uh, because... Uh, because we believe that God's road is better than the road that I'm choosing to drive down on any given day. All right, so um, questions or thoughts about that conceit, right? So like, is that more helpful to kind of wrap my head around like what that road looks like in a way that is doable? I can't. So that's how to keep it between the lines. Um, 
that not one time in the Old Testament, okay, did the people of Israel or prophet uh, declare that the um, that God's commands or testimonies were in some way uh, that we were in some way unable to do them. Okay, that is that is something that we have kind of read into it because we don't like to do things that are semi uncomfortable in the situation I'm in right now, right? Like I'm on the couch and I got my blankie, right? And I got my snacks and you're like, can you get up and like, you know, do this other thing? No, that's really too hard. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. Questions, thoughts about that before we finish up. Make sense? Is that helpful? Good. All right. So we've considered our ways. We've turned our feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your, your commandments. I see the exit for the good road, and I jerk the wheel. I hasten. That's the way. I don't want to miss it. Right? I know where it is now. I know what the road looks like. Let's go drive on that thing. Let's take it out for a spin. All right, so I want you to turn to Galatians 5, 16 through 25, and this is where we're, we're going to end. So I'm going to translate some of what we talked about into kind of the New Testament teaching, and this is a great passage for you to um, connect, uh, connect the dots on. All right, so Galatians 5, 16 through 25 says this. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For those are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. It's talking about why. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes. There's a lot of these. Dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, oh my goodness, and things like these. Okay, good, all right, there's a lot more. And of which I forewarned you, and just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So um, what, I, what I want to do to just finish up is I want to, again, connect these things, but also kind of walk through these individual verses to translate them into what I think um, uh, some more helpful language would be for you. So the first thing he says is walk by the Spirit. We must figure out right our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Most of you... Uh, I, I won't say that. That's not, that's not fair. Um, there are going to be different relationships with the, with the Holy Spirit in here. So we've got to figure out that relationship with the Holy Spirit. Anybody needed to figure out a relationship? Yeah? Everyone raise your hand. Yeah? All right. Well, who is this person to me? And like, what are we doing? Right? Do I need to give more? Do I need to give less? Like, I need to figure out what this relationship is and how it's beneficial for us. Okay, we got to figure out that relationship with the Holy Spirit. And then once we understand uh, the, the Holy Spirit's role that they are to play in our lives, we need to let Him and we need to be, begin to be deferential to Him. 
Who knows what it means to be deferential? Who loves being deferential? All right, deferential means I defer, okay? So let's say there's a huge steaming pile of chicken nuggets, right? St. all played in. And uh, I'm sitting there with my buddy Keith, and I know just how much Keith likes McDonald's chicken nuggets. Okay, and so as opposed to, um, I'm a little bit, you know, older, and we'll say I weigh more than him, okay? I could just kind of give him a good shove, he just goes splaying, and then I can just enjoy all the nuggets that my heart desires, right? And so that would be me being really selfish and mean and, and um, other things. But knowing that he, he loves them so, I can say, you know what, Keith? I defer to you. Eat, crunch, and be merry. Um, but we struggle with that, right? Like, I'm, my life is about me. Like, it's about my comfort, about my schedule, about, you know, what I'm doing and what I'm trying to accomplish. And so being deferential is like having somebody cut in line in my life. Right? I'm waiting on my life. I'm doing things in my life. And I'm like, hey, you know what? You go ahead of me. And so this is what it means practically, right, to begin to, like, we need to be deferential, preferential to the Holy Spirit. Hey, here's what I want to do. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? Oh, I've got lots better things to... For you to do it would be the equivalent of man i've got a great saturday of doing nothing or doing everything i want and you're like you know what i'm home hey mom is there anything i can do for you this is step one has anybody ever done that like that sounds you're like what are you talking you <laughs> what she is so suspicious i already bought your christmas presents So we've got to figure out that relationship with the Holy Spirit. So if you are in Christ, you have been given the Holy Spirit. It is the plain teaching of Scripture. And this Holy Spirit is a comforter to you, an encourager to you, a teacher to you, a leader to you, a source of power. Right, That person lives inside of you, and yet you, a lot of people live lives with zero regard or zero uh, measure for that person in their life. Do any of you do that, that you live, um, you have relationships and you live as if they don't exist? Yeah. Do you need your marker, Kitty? <laughs> That's how Kitty affirms you. Oh yeah. The Holy Spirit exists. If you're in Christ, you have him. If he is not that power in your life, then what the uh, Bible says is that you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Okay? Um, if, you, if I ask you to do something, right? Or let's say Ariel says, hey, can you go get me some yogurt? And I'm like, no. Will you please get me some yogurt? No. Why? I don't like you. <laughs> right? So as she does this, I... Like, is she going to be happy about that? Like, what is her countenance? Like, she's going to grieving. Why, why does he want to give me some yogurt? I thought we were friends. I thought we were yogurt buddies. So, so th this, is, this is not work any differently. God's like, I'm excited. 
you got the Holy Spirit now. Like there's all these things that I want to teach you to do and lead you into and help you as you learn to live this new life. And you're like, yeah, I'm good. It says the Holy Spirit is grieved. Ephesians 4.30 Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Right? It's like our aunt or uncle, grandma or grandpa that so wants to help us is so for us. Isn't that what's great about grandparents? Like unlike parents who are for us, like we actually like appreciate our grandparents or parents or aunts or uncles that are for us. Maybe because they're like not right by us asking us things all the time. <laughs> But think about in that phrase, like, they're there for you. They're waiting for you. And you're like, I'm good. I don't need you. And so they're grieved because you're not letting him do his job. Have you ever been sidelined like that? You've been given a position. You're on the team. And no one lets you play. Doesn't that feel amazing? It's great. Here's where, so that's, so that's the Holy Spirit. Here's where you lead yourself, that you lead yourself to the mud pit. Right, like we have these sins that we just enjoy and we just get in there and we just wallow around <laughs> and just get all dirty, right? And we feel bad because like, oh, I'm dirty again, aren't I? Lord, will you clean me? And he, that's what he's there for and we don't want to. And so that's where I lead myself. Okay, where, where could I go? There's lots of things I could do. Mud pit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will not lead you there. Okay? So how do I know that I'm not being led by the Holy Spirit? Because I'm in the mud pit. He's not leading you to the mud pit. But I say walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Guys, disobedience brings grief. If there's somebody that wants to help you and you continue to be disobedient to them, right? You've sidelined them. They cannot be a force for good in your life. There's lots of people in your life that you do this to as well. You need to stop that. You need to stop doing that for people that you can see so that you can start doing that to the Holy, stop doing that to the Holy Spirit who you can't see. You can't shake the Holy Spirit. He's there. He's ready to go. Anytime. You just give him the word. He's in the game. But you've got to let him lead. Right? Two people can't lead. I've got to stop leading and let him lead. Questions or thoughts about that? The mud pit just reminded me of the cage. Yep. A little bit, except the... So the cage is I don't quite know where I am. I don't quite understand that I'm restricted right, by the things that I like. The mud pit is, is, it's kind of like, the, like you're clean, right? And then I run down and I get dirty expecting, you know, like it for to, it to be okay, right? A lot of what, what Megan was sharing last night. And we have lots of things that we kind of run to assuming that God will just clean us off whenever we are tired of being dirty. So, do you remember the line of this? Grace is not a. Grace does not make obedience optional. Just because God's going to give us grace and clean us every time we jump into the mud pit doesn't mean we should keep going and rolling around. Correct. 
So, so the idea is that so we think that that is what it means in experience because that's what we do. But he didn't come to make it okay to roll around the mud. He came to make the mud look less appealing. He doesn't want you. Like, the mud, it sucks. You just don't know it. <laughs> so he's trying to get you to, like, live not in the mud pit. Right? That's where life is. You think life is in the mud pit. He says it's not. It's on this path. So that's all of that is packed into verse 16. All right, so here's a couple more. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For there is opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. So here's the translation of that in common language. Your habits and experience and the world's example are in opposition to living according to God's path. Your habits and experience and the world's example are in opposition to living according to God's path. So he said, he said I say walk by the Spirit. You, you know, it's like, okay, so what does that mean? So we just talked about that. And then he explains, for this flesh is set against the desires of the Spirit. So this is your habits. Your habits are the other road that you walk. You've chosen to do them. You have good reasons for doing them. You may enjoy doing them. This is how I do life. Okay? And so those things are in opposition, right? Because those are the things, those are the roads you're doing now. And to ride on God's road, you've got to get off that road and drive on the other road. Right? And so you've got to deal with those habits and experiences. Because our experiences drive our habits, right? They handicap us in some ways, but they can be good. If we have positive experience, if we have positive experiences of community, I'm going to want to run to community. If I have negative experiences of community, I'm going to shun it. All right, so verse 18. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. If we can learn to be deferential to the Spirit, begin to learn to be led by the Spirit, then we're going to begin to enjoy uh, what I call like the freedom of the backyard. All right? Anybody had a, like a sweet, sweet backyard when you were growing up? Right? Had some good, sweet stuff in it. There was a fence. So it kept you in, kept other stuff out. Right? Man, there's great freedom in the fence. I can chunk my toys. Nobody's going to get them. I can run around in there being crazy. Nobody's going to get me. <laughs> All right? Who watches over the yard? Your parents. Right? Here's a boundary. Knock yourself out in here. Okay? Dunk. Dunk. Hit home runs. Dance till like no one's watching. Like, you know, whatever. Like, do stuff. Like, that's what freedom is. Like, like the road. Like, he's like, drive the crap out of the road. Love people with reckless abandon. Honor them. Like, don't stop honoring them. You can't honor people too much. You can't enjoy intimacy too much in the bounds. Do it all. Like, that's life. That's all of it. Like, enjoy it. Drink it from a fire hose. But just don't go outside the boundaries. What happens when I jump the fence? It's not safe anymore, is it? It's not really free, is it? It's difference between kind of... Anybody ever gone the speed limit while they were passing a cop? Awesome. 
But have you ever gone but done it on purpose? And then looked over? Hey, man. <laughs> this is great. Right? Because you're doing the law. He, that, that dude's not for you. Right? He's clocking all these other suckers. <laughs> right? Freedom of the backyard. That is a great concept. Draw a square around, right? The road. Like, in between the lines, man, it's great. Learn to love living between the lines, and everyone else will as well. My best day is when you, as you are in relationship with me, live between the lines, because you are not doing anything that I don't like. You're doing everything that I love. Right? If people honored your stuff, that they imaged God well, that they respected the role that you played in their life, and all the rest of it. All right, verse uh, 19 and 21 through 21. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident. These are your mud pits. It's not a bad list to go through and kind of circle the, the mud pits that I have come to enjoy. You didn't know it was so great until you started jumping in and wallowing around in it. Ooh, ooh that's good. Have you ever seen a pig kind of like wallow around and he is enjoying the stink out of himself? These are your mud pits. And here's what God's saying. If you love the mud pit so much, then stay there. I got a kingdom. People that love mud pits aren't going to like my kingdom. And so he lets us have what we want. But he also lets us have what we want if we want the other thing. And so that's the choice. My habits and my practices, the mud pit, that's what you're doing right now. If you think that there's change needed in your life, I just described your life now, but he wants something different. Do you want something different? I forewarned you that some who practice such things will get the mud pit. You're welcome. I'm not going to force you. But if you'll leave the mud pit behind for what is so much better, right, then you'll inherit a kingdom. C.S. Lewis has this great lines, it has this great line about that, um, that we are so much too easily satisfied with our mud pies that we make, that we miss the kingdom that is offered to us. Like a child playing by the ocean who doesn't see the much better thing right behind him. Verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and patience and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Here is where the Spirit will lead you and teach you, give you the reason for and empower you to do. Verse 
you know, as I, as I work closely with Megan, you know, during the week, she has to put up with me, man, wouldn't it be nice if she gets to enjoy the fruits of the Spirit in my life? That directly affects her. And man, it's nice when I get that back from her. When, when uh, Ariel uh, and I do the same thing in our home. <laughs> you know, that, I, that, that as Renee, uh, as be, she's being led by the Spirit, as she produces um, the fruits of that relationship, man, I benefit, and she does as well. So 21 and 22, that is where the Spirit leads us. And so if we're being led by somebody else, he's the only one that knows the way. I don't. Verse 24, now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If I claim his name and I have the Holy Spirit, then in that, you know, mud pies, mud pits, kingdom, without end, seems like an easy choice, but we keep making the wrong one. If I claim his name, if I have the Holy Spirit, then the only way to kind of walk in the new is I got to kill the old. Right? If you have new clothes, do you just kind of keep stuffing them into you? Well, actually, that is what you do. You just kind of keep stuffing them into the other drawers, right, where the clothes don't fit, right? Ah, it's fine. And then you just have to leave the, drawer, the, door, the drawers open. And then you just kind of, it's more kind of a place to set clothes than to store them. Right, but to, to, to drive on the right road, I've got to abandon the old paths. I'm throwing a lot of metaphors at you. All right, there's laundry. Okay, there's mud pits, sandcastles. So what he's saying is I've got to hang those old habits and the, and the experiences that I have, right, that have a lot of times led me to those habits, and I've got to hang those on the cross and let them die. I have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. He's saying that's the way to me. Because you know it's not that I don't want you to have that stuff, but like you can't have that stuff and follow me. You know it. You, having two jobs is hard, yes? <laughs> having two things we follow is even harder. I've got to hang my old habits, experiences, and desires on the cross. And the point I'm doing that is I'm there to let them die. Verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. And so the, the last thing, if the Spirit, if I've been given new life, right, if, if God's come into the cage, takes my hand, this is kind of the role of the Holy Spirit, to take my hand, to keep hold of my hand, okay, and then walk with me as he shows, okay, here's, here's how you do this. Oh, awesome, okay, all right. So like, well, you do, yeah, yeah, I'm here, to, I'm here, I'm, yeah, let's, let's do it. The Spirit has given you life. He is also there to enable the practicing of it. So Tozer uh, says this, this so helpful phrase. Far too many people think that once I've met Christ, I have no further need of Him. At some point, Renee was like, Rob, yeah, I think I want to date that guy. And then we like meet and like we talk about that. And she was like, all right, well, I'll see you never.
This is the opposite of what he wants. When we meet somebody, we, we come into a relationship with them and we continue that relationship. So many people think that that first meeting is what counts. Nice to meet you. I would like to be your God. I have a wonderful way for you to live. I'll never leave you, forsake you, and you can come and live with me forever once you enjoy. Like, I'm going to show you, kind of, here's a dry run. Then you're going to enjoy that too, and then you're going to keep living with me. What do you say? That sounds awesome. I'll see you later. (laughs) And then we go tell people, hey, have you, like, I know that guy. And it, aren't the, what he said to me still true of me, even if I don't know or experience him? That's what, that's what people say. Does that sound insane? Yes? Does that sound insane? Am I the only one that thinks that's insane? I thought that was not insane for a long time, and now I think it's insane. <laughs> All right. So... Last minute questions, and we'll close. So as, you, as we go down the mountain, physically <laughs> and emotionally, all right, you're going to get home, and um, you need help. So how do, we, how do we continue, right, to process, right, and do things differently where you're going to need people. And so that is why our ministry exists. Um, we can kind of have fun sometimes, and that's fine. And uh, so I hope you like us. But we're here, right, to, to show you how to live with Jesus. Like, that's, that's my job, right? That's my calling. Because not, not because I'm employed by a church, but because I'm a Christian. And so that is available to you. Every one of you, if you want to meet with somebody regularly, every single one of you in this room, that is what we want. And that is what we're here to do, and that is what we're here to make happen. So do that. Let's pray. Father, I pray your Holy Spirit that you, um, through the, so many different means, Father, have made... Um, what was unfathomable at the beginning of the weekend, you know, fairly straightforward. Okay, I I, I get it. I understand why I'm doing what I'm doing currently. I actually see what I can do differently. I've got people that can help me. The Holy Spirit is there to empower it. So the really, the only issue here is do I want to, do I want to start doing uh, what you asked me to do? It's about obedience. Dallas Willard says this, the idea that you can trust Christ and not intend to obey him, obey him and is an illusion generated by the prevalence of an unbelieving Christian culture. Father, I pray that there would be a counter-movement, that there would be a believing Christian culture. You call it a remnant. That there are people that actually trust you and live the way that you ask them to live. Father, I pray that there would be people in this room, that our community would be a community that is believing, that is trusting, that is obeying, and that our living 
your best life in your backyard. We love you, Father. Empower this life in us. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you.